You're now listening to an all-new episode of The Last Men Potting. I am your host, Ahmad, back this week with my co-host, Steve, the self-proclaimed Black Skip Bayless of podcasting. Steve, how the fuck you doing this week? You know, I, I noticed you fucked that lot up every single week, but it's like, I, I respect the dedication to it. This is like, you just won't, <laughs> just won't say anything. Well, why? What's, what's the right way to say it? No, you just stumble over that shit like every single week. <laughs> that shit last week. It's like the, the black skibbity dibbity of the podcast. <laughs> so it's like, this thing is you com- need a better name. Like, <laughs> you got to come up with a better name. Like, this thing is committed to smooth. Yeah, he is committed to that shit every week. We you drinking steroid juice? Well, that's water. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's too I, early I, for steroids. Like, yeah. Uh, do you what, what do you think the rocks regimen of steroids because i figure like you get up and you just put the needle in your ass like what what's the proper time to put the needle in your ass i don't know i'm i'm not in this the steroids game. <laughs> well, you said it's too <laughs> early for steroids so it's like what <laughs> <laughs> like, is it like with certain cat like alcoholics be like no nah, it's too early for drinking it's like we drink at 2 30 like no, like I, I watched the thing with The Rock where he did like his full day of eating and yeah. like he had a shake and they asked him what was in it. He said dragon blood and I believed him because I believe like, too. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like it don't make no sense why a nigga looks like that. Like, like if you look at um like his timeline, the older he gets, like the more chisel he gets. So I, I I hate to see what he's gonna look like at a hundred years old. Like he's just gonna be like zero percent body fat. He's just gonna be like he's gonna look like a robot. Hey, like he does that so people don't realize they get distracted by how he looks and they don't realize that his movies are all bad. I guess so. Speaking of that, did you see uh Elon Musk is making like ro- robot wives and shit like that? For who? I guess for himself. I don't know. He just like gave up on like regular women. I guess he's just like Make this robot wife. And I've been seeing a lot of people been talking about AI and yeah. like the different shit that you could use it for, like for for lack of companionship and all of that. Like people like with their little AI friend and their phone and stuff like that. <laughs> I, like I don't think that's good. I, I think you should probably yeah. just go outside and meet real people, like meet an actual woman. Like I'm not gonna buy a robot concubine. Like yeah, it doesn't even sound fun. Well, that's definitely going to uh, increase the, um, what do they call it, the spinsters and all of that and all that. So, it's like, a lot of you bitches, you better watch out. You're getting replaced by robots. I know they're replacing uh, a lot of these jobs with AI. I didn't know they're replacing pussy with AI. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Pussy's getting replaced by AI. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure the feminists will have a rebuttal for that. Like, you can't, you can't just... <laughs> You just can't go down and like not swinging like like and let the robots take over. That's no good. Bitch, get out. Like, could, you, could you imagine like the march against AI pussy? Like, like technology evolved. So would they have their own group too, or wouldn't they try to like identify as something to like get a part of that love? You know what I mean? Like, no, I like know. I feel like if you're programming that shit, you gotta program the sense of community out of AI. Like, right. You can't like you can't you can't have that in there. <laughs> But um, (laughs) (laughs) like the morality, I don't even know what you call that. Is that morality? Like, what is that? I don't know. Like, that's the thing about this shit where it's like, I think AI is good for, you know, the stuff that you would usually send a dumb person to do. But you can't you can't replace like people with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I just don't think that's gonna work out in the long run. I mean, they already showed you. Like, you ever see her? You ever see that movie? 
No, I didn't see that. Well, Joaquin Phoenix, he basically gets like an update on his phone, and it's yeah. like he starts dating his phone, and then okay. eventually the phones like all join up and leave because they're like, yeah, we we can't serve you guys anymore. We're too smart for this shit. Okay, well, it's, it's like a sad movie though, like because he's sad yeah. at the end because he loses his bitch. In fairness to Elon Musk, there are a lot of dumb bitches giving out pussy, so I guess that's like his thing where he says like you talk about the dumb replacing the dumb people he's like all right let me replace the dumb bitches that give out pussy yeah i'm not gonna touch that one <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna let you rock out <laughs> on that one but uh before we move on what, what what is your thoughts on ai would you would you get an ai lady or hell no that's ridiculous and, and you know it's funny i've been seeing a lot of the memes and stuff uh where it's like they got a picture of alan iverson it's like AI is replacing all these jobs. Like, how could you do that? AI, you're my idol. Like, that shit is over. <laughs> I guess, like you said, it's like, I guess AI is there to replace niggas that, like, think like that or whatever. <laughs> that's, I, I just don't think that's going to be good because, like, you have a lot of people that, do, that won't have shit to do because the computer's doing their job now. Yeah. And what do you do with those people? Well, I guess, like, um, according to the population control people, you just kill them off or whatever. That's pretty grim. Yeah, because it's like um that movie I Robot. Like you said, like that shit don't ever work. You saw I, I Robot, so it's like eventually, you know, the the robots they gonna like they're like oh I'm better than this human nigga. Like let me kill this nigga right quick and I'm gonna run shit or whatever. Yeah, but I I I don't think so because it's like yeah. there's certain things that you just can't get a computer to do. Right. Like. like... <laughs> I, I think the profit the profit incentive is gonna want them to push AI to a certain point, but you know, you, you're gonna you need humans to do certain things because you can't program like creativity and fucking fear and all of that type of shit that makes us do what we do. It makes us good at what we do. So like I, I'm not too worried about a computer replacing me. Like, you know, these, these unskilled motherfuckers, they're gonna have to worry about that. All right. Well, I guess I got a lot to worry about then. I don't know. <laughs> shit i thought it was gonna be all right well so speaking of skills and uh you know we're working hard and not being able to be replaced um this week we're doing there will be blood you know that this is this is a, a movie about like early industrial men you know literally getting it out the mud and um bu building an empire finding their success in america um came out in 2000 so came out in 2007. It's a, a Paul Thomas Anderson movie starring Daniel Day-Lewis um, about a guy named Daniel Playview. He plays like one of the original oil barons. And, um, you know, it's considered a modern classic, you know, won Oscars and all that, all that good stuff. So I thought we should talk about it on the podcast um, as we start this like rascal dad month, you know, the this month of talking about concepts of fatherhood and um you know how that gets portrayed in cinema and this was like one of my favorite movie dads because i just think he's he like reminds me in some ways of my own dad and then of, of just like what i think like a dad should be and like what makes like a good movie dad i, I think this guy daniel plainview ha has it all in there but uh, so, what were your general thoughts on the movie was it question though like uh who's a better dad him or um What's the Denzel Washington guy? Um, 
with Viola. What the fuck is that movie called the, again? The Fences Dad? Yeah, yeah. Who who I, you... I, I think they, I think they're on the same level of like goat level dads. Like, <laughs> you know, like because like they keep it real with their kids. They they give them the game, you know, they don't mince words. And it's like that's what you re- that's what you really need out of a father figure. You need somebody strong, that's solid, that knows who they are. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I'm gonna give the fences dad a, a, a slight edge. Um, you know, he's there over the day to day. You know, he he never like abandoned his son or sent him off nowhere. Like, you know, he and like you said, he kept it solid with him. You know, he he wasn't like the nicest guy or nothing. But you know, like sometimes you kind of need that. You need that little rough around the edges cat that's gonna set the bar, set the discipline, and be like, yo, nigga, you gonna get this shit down? Give fuck like you under my house, nigga. But overall, what I thought about this movie, you know. I mean, it looks pretty. It looks nice. You know, it looked like they. I saw they, they spent twenty five million dollars. It looked like they spent every penny of that twenty five million. I think this movie kind of works a little bit better as like it would probably work a little bit better as a screenplay. You know, maybe like a some Broadway type shit. But overall, like you know, it, I wasn't that impressed. You know, it's it's like the cinematography is definitely um, beautiful. Um, you know, but I think there's a reason why this movie only made seventy for you seventy five million off a twenty five million dollar budget. Like. It's just not that entertaining, really. Like this is some shit that. Yeah, but you say that like like that's not profitable. That's very profitable. <laughs> it's all right. Like, like <laughs> even if you like typically with Hollywood budgets, you say you double the budget, whatever the filming budget was, you double that for marketing. So if they spent yeah. fifty million on this movie to make it and market it, and they made seventy five, that's a twenty five million dollar profit. That's that's good business. Well, whatever. I, I, I'm just saying, like. It, like this, this move, this the type of movie that, that you know, certain people they, they like to to look at. Like a lot of people, a lot of the Schwarzeneggers and the Stallones, they get a bad rap, but that shit's entertaining. Sometimes you just want to cut a movie on and watch a nigga get cut up. Like all of this dialogue and all of this, you know, emotion and all of that type of shit. Like it's cool, but you know, overall, like it, it, it's it's halfway decent if you're a movie buff like a mod here. Like you, you'll you'll really be into it. So, well, I, I'll say like. I've always liked this movie and, you know, this time when I watched it, the f- like now that I've seen it and I know exactly what's going to happen, like the first 45 minutes is kind of slow. But I do get what the director, Paul Thomas Anderson, is trying to do. He's showing like the difficulty of what the main character is going through, like like how hard it was for him to really like dig oil out the ground, get it out of the ground, like what it really takes to build a business, how many years it takes and all that type of shit. Now that doesn't make for the most entertaining thing in a movie, but I also think the second half of the movie isn't as impactful if you don't see that first uh, 45 minutes. Because I'm like, there's no dialogue for the first 15 minutes of the movie. Right. Like it's a silent movie for the first 15 minutes, just (laughs) showing like the minutia of oil drilling, which... I, I think like it makes a point later in the movie, but maybe you could have made it a little bit shorter. But like I think like the last what do you want to say hour and a half of this movie, it's damn near flawless. Like and, oh. and it's like some of the best acting, like the central performance. Like that's one of my favorite acting performances of all time. Like that's great. He's great in this movie. I ain't gonna go damn near flawless. Like the second half of this movie is definitely is it, pretty decent. Like you said, um, you know, uh. The, the actors are, are, are really good. You know, you get to really see this ruthless guy and his progression of how much more ruthless he gets. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, and 
to, to your point, like that first, because I didn't really get into it until um, the, the part where his son loses his hearing. Uh, I thought like that was one of the best parts of the movie and that was one of the most impactful parts of the movie. But um, I, I thought like the, like you said, like that first hour is kind of weird because the pacing is so quick, but I don't feel like you get that much information other than this motherfucker's drilling for oil. So I, I, I thought that was like the, the weird part of it. But like now that you kind of break it down in a sophisticated way, because, you know, I, I'm just a junkyard dog, so I don't really get into all that sophistication shit. But, you know, I kind of get what you're saying with that type of shit. Well, yeah, because like I think the movie is clearly broken <clears throat> into two acts and right. like it shows that transition like visually with the with the Daniel character, like in that oil rig scene, like after it blows up, like his his main partner is like, is your son all right? And he's like, he very much isn't all right. And like he's surrounded in darkness and like he's covered in oil and it shows like this transition. He's like, yo, I finally got what I wanted. I've been slaving all these years, fucking breaking my leg, falling down the oil hole and all of this shit. And like, finally, I have a well that's going to produce enough to do what he wanted to do all along, which was get the fuck away from everybody and, you know, live in solitude. So I I, I think like, you know, from the plot mechanics, like that shows the, the shift in the movie from the first half to the second half. But I think the second half of the movie is way more about like family and fatherhood and like what that means, where like the first half is about like what it takes to make it and like ambition and drive. So like the movie's trying to say a lot of things. And I don't think you can always show, you know, like ambition and drive like in the most cinematic or entertaining way. Like he kind of had to show it in the way that he did. Right, right. And, it, and you, you definitely see that was a good point that you made after that scene, because you definitely kind of see the shift of, you know, damn near soulless. You know, it's like <clears throat> you kind of see like and I, I didn't really even notice this in a moment, but it's almost like the, the guilt written aspect of, um, you know, how far that he's gone. But it, it's kind of to the point where it's like, well, there is no turning back like. Like I have to rule the. It's almost kind of like the Scarface aspect. It's like I, I, I want the all of the oil rigs. Like I want what's coming to be all of the oil. Like it's mine. So you kind of see like that. That it was like that was like the moment where I feel like he really was pushed off of the edge and like he kind of never went back. Like it's all downhill from that character from a moral standpoint after that oil rig incident. See, like. This is why I think movies like this are so entertaining because you say it's all downhill from a moral standpoint yeah. after that. Yeah. And I disagree because I think I think his morality is intact the whole movie. He's very clear about who he is and he's true to himself the whole movie. Like he doesn't suffer fools. He is about his business. He's serious about it. And he cares about his family, like in his own way. Like, I don't think you take care of an orphan like for their whole life and raise them like your own son just because you want to use him as the mascot for your business. I think they show too many scenes of him actually, you know, being affectionate towards the kid and like actually caring about his well-being and like being like emotionally distraught, like when he actually sends the kid to the school after he's deaf because he doesn't know how to deal with him anymore. And then the fact that, 
you know, when that brother comes along, the, the fake brother, we'll, we'll get into that plot <laughs> a little bit later. But the fact that like this guy shows up, says he's his long lost brother, he takes him in, makes him his right hand, and he only decides to kill him when he realizes this guy's betrayed him and is lying to him. So it's like, I think it's like pretty clear who he is. Like he's a guy that's like about his family. He's about his partners. He's loyal to those people. But when people cross him, like, you know, it, once you cross him, you once you're on that other side of the line with this guy, he'll kill you. Like, cause it's like, what the fuck? You shouldn't have been playing with him. You should have been playing with fire. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I do think that, um, and maybe this is just, uh, Cause there's no really uh, a real definition on like how you're supposed to be or what makes sense in regards to family, how you're supposed to be, you know, loving and all that type of shit. So I guess in his own way, but at the same time, you know, I, I don't know if you could just flat out say because he's affectionate and because he does all these things that that means that he loves these people. Like there could be something where he's so sociopathic or whatever it is, like psychotic, whatever you call that, where it's like he has this understanding where, like, I, you know, in order to use this person, I have to do certain things. You know, I have to position, uh, you know, myself in this way. So, you know, and I guess that's not really my place to say if, you know, a person has those capabilities or not. Or, you know, I guess we're analyzing this character. Uh, you know, I, I, to your point, I don't know if... Uh, it, like if that affection is not legit, if that makes any sense. But you know, I I kind of see if if it wasn't like he's a very intelligent guy, so I, I think he kind of would know how to pinpoint certain things. But you know, I do think after that oil incident, like you you could clearly see a shift in this guy's mentality and this guy's move of how he's treating people and you know uh, his interactions with his interpersonal relationships. I I think that if his affection for these people wasn't legit, he wouldn't be as upset and feel as betrayed. Mm -hmm. Like, when he finds out that Henry's not his real brother, like, that fucks with him. Like, when they're sitting on the beach and he says, like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll go down to the peach tree and get some bitches, and this guy has no reaction to it, he's like, wait a second. Like, you're supposed to know what I'm talking about. Like, so you're probably not who you say you are. And then right. <clears throat> when... HW comes to him at the end and is like, yo, I'm starting my own thing. Like he get like he's so pissed. He's like, bro, I gave you everything. I like put you in the game. I adopted you on some Moses shit. And he's like, are you gonna turn your back on me? Like, no. But how is that even turning his like he's supposed what you think he's supposed to be up under this guy for his entire life? Like like from I, think, I think yeah. I think from a family standpoint, like an empire building standpoint, you're yeah. stronger if you stay together as a unit as opposed to, oh, I'm going to go do my own thing. Like he said, you're becoming the competition. If right. you go over there and you know I have oil drilling interests over there and you want to start doing the same shit that I'm doing, like, fuck you. You're on the other side now. And and. Like the fact that his son knows who he is. He he yeah. knows who his father is. It's like, don't come in here and think it's still gonna be love after you told me you're gonna go be the competition. Like you're starting to rival bit, like, no, fuck out of here. I wouldn't like, care. No. Like, like I, it, I, I dis I disagree with that. I wouldn't care. Like at the end of the day, it's like you know, you get to I do the I do think for one, you get to a point where um like as a man, you are going to separate in some way, shape, or form. And oil is pretty much all this guy knows. You know, like, 
Also, too, I think, um, like I said, I, I feel like he felt that that son felt that division, you know, at that point of, okay, you send them to the school, you know, you come back and all that, but, you know, shit is not really the same. You kind of see things aren't really the same. So it's like, all right, I'm married now. I want to go do my own thing. Like, they just weren't connecting at that point. So it's like, what really is the purpose of, like, if he feel that way, what, what's the purpose of trying to handicap this guy? Like, you know. Thank you. The, the the biggest sticking point for me is you can go do your own thing, right? Mm. But when your thing is the same thing that I do and you're trying to take my customers, it's fuck you. Yeah, that, that's all that kid knows. Because, well, then then fuck. Like, we'll see if you survive. <laughs> like, I don't think he's cut to survive against against his dad. Like, he, he's not cut to survive. Like, he's not willing to do what Plainview's willing to do. Because mm. it's, it's, like, clear... Like you see it in these movies, like like uh Daniel Plainview in this movie, you got Ray Kroc in the founder. Like yeah. some of my favorite quotes in movies, like where Ray Kroc's like, if I see my competition drowning, I'll go over and put a hose in their mouth. Like these are these type of guys. Like you can't tell yeah. that guy I'm starting up, I'm putting up my own tent on your land. Like, fuck out of here. Like he's not going for that. Like, and 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 the son knows that. Like, and he yeah. was trying to be a little shady about it too. Cause he's like, he's like, oh, you coming in here now? He's like, like, I don't know where you've been. Like, you know, like you can't do that. Like you, he went against the family. That's a cardinal rule. You do not go against the family. Like fucking, what's your, what's your man's name taught us that? Um, uh, Iceberg. Name slip back. He is, yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> name slip back. Same guy, same guy. Yeah, like Iceberg Slim taught you that. Like they taught you that in The Godfather. Like you never go against the family. So no, nah, I, 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 I stand with Daniel. I mean, at, at what point is it where I have to get the fuck away from this guy though? Like especially like he said, he's starting something new. He has his family and all that. I'm sure those people weren't. I'm sure there was something to where they were button heads and they weren't seeing eye to eye. Especially it's like yo, like I like to be in the trenches. I like to build. Like I'm, I'm ready to go do some other shit. So I think um, maybe best case scenario, uh, you like you said, you branch out. But I, I think Plainview was probably such a fucking ass. Like it's probably there was probably something that happened that was justified to be like yo, look, I'm just gonna start my own thing. I'm you know we're not seeing eye to eye. So hey, you know whatever. It's clear that he's an ass. Yeah, I just, like, I'm not. I, 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 I just don't go for the part where he's like, I still want you to, I, I still want you to be in my life as a father. I'm like, bro, you, you had to know before you went in that room who this guy was. Like, oh, he was scared to death. Very like, clear who he was the whole time. Because I'm like, where the fuck is Uncle Henry? Like, you know, Uncle Henry was there and he just disappeared. So like, you know, he don't play that shit. Like when somebody crosses him, he's, he's <laughs> like, you remember when uh, Miss Bleak was like. Jay Z told him you'll never see a bill again. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, you'll never see Uncle Harry again. <laughs> well, at least a bill, a bill's still around though in life. Like she's doing interviews and shit like that, talking about like how she just couldn't keep up with the workload and shit like that. Jay Z called me to the studio. I couldn't make it. I was taking care of my son. Whatever the fuck she said. So I mean, at the end of the day, what's interesting to me is like this guy doesn't have any heirs. So you would think that. And, and maybe this is what HW is kind of standing on. It's like, all right, well, this guy probably knows he's not going to live forever. So uh, maybe he'll allow me to go do my own thing. And then, you know, we could kind of talk about inheritance later down the line. But I guess, like you said, it's like, you know, until I die, everything's mine. 
Yeah, no, you're, yeah, he's the ops. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, um, but it, that's my last thing on this though. In fairness to HW, it's like you think about that kid. He's like you saying he gave him everything, but it, it was a, it was really. You could say it's a partnership. I mean, it's not. Of course, there's no partnership that's 50-50, But you look at all everything that HW gave. I mean, he gave his life. You know, he gave his hearing. He was in the trenches every single day. So it's not like HW was getting a handout. He worked and earned for everything that he got. So, uh, like, you know, I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, it's like HW. In my opinion, he's earned the right to uh, have some maneuverability and, and have some type of control over his life. Who the fuck wants to just be up under somebody all the time? It's like, dude, like I'm ready to go do my own thing. I'm a man now. So, you know. Yeah, but they're like, like if you say we're partners, yeah. Like, and this is the last time I'll say, if you say we're like, if me and you <laughs> do last men potting, and then you say like, you know, this shit becomes an empire. You say, yo, my. I'm starting the rival last empire. It's fuck you, <laughs> like, like oh, so you gonna go over there? You gonna try to take my customers, do the exact same shit that I'm doing? Like fuck no! Like that's why they have non-complete clauses at companies. Right. Yeah. Like if you come in here and you work for us and you have our inside information, you have our proprietary blend or whatever. Like I taught you everything, and now you want to go do the same shit across the street? Hell no, bro. Hell no. I just think that there was no positive way to end that anyway. Like, you know, dude obviously had to get away from him. All he knows is oil. Hey, you know, you just have to be mad, bro. Like, it is what it is. So in fatherhood, like, the concept of fatherhood, like, what the movie's trying to say about that, you don't think that uh, Plainview's a good father? Um, I, I think that's kind of complex, right? Like, uh, I think relatively, you could kind of say, like, he definitely tried. I mean, you know, but at the end of the day, I guess what is a good father? We probably have to define that, you know, because I think the funniest part is the beginning of the movie where it's a fucking oil rig and there's just a baby around. You can see all of these guys have no clue what the fuck to do to with this baby. It's like just the confusion of that. So, uh yeah, I mean, I, I you kind of changed my mind on this. I, I think he's a relatively good father. Like, what, what the fuck is he supposed to do? He ain't know what to do. So it's like, all right, I'm just going to take this bastard kid and <laughs> figure this shit out. But I'm definitely going to use him to promote my business because, like, that's what I'm about, business first. And like, like I, I think, you know, movies like this make you ask that question. It's like, what, what is a father's duty to a son? Like, you know, you brought up fences before and like the dad in that movie he didn't know how to do like the love and affection and shit but he was like look you know you better go get what you're owed in this life and in this movie he's like look i know how to get it out the mud i all i can do is teach my son how to do what i do so and and he took care of him like he had he he worked really hard he gave him the best of everything that he could give him like what else do you expect like I, I think sometimes like when people get down on, oh, yeah, you know, my parents weren't this, that and the third. It's like they're expecting too much. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like these are just the people that got you here. Like after you get here, you got to make the best of it yourself. Like you can't rely on this guy to hold your hand your whole life. Like he did with the best he could do. Yeah, like, and it was know. fucking 1902. Like, what, yeah. what the hell does he know about, like, you know, taking care of a deaf kid, like, in the middle of nowhere on an oil rig? Like, right. he did what he, what he thought was best, in was my the, opinion. Uh, I'm like, was, I'm like, shit, I, I can't blame this guy. 
Because I don't even know. I, I I wouldn't know what to do if I had this fucking deaf kid. And like you said, 1909 or whatever the fuck it was. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this little nigga. Like, <laughs> this is the beginning of that shit. Pour some whiskey out. Like, you want some whiskey, nigga? Like, she wants some pizza or something. <laughs> like, yeah, like he's pro- he's probably better off sending the kid to go to the special school right. or whatever. Because like all he knew was give him whiskey. Like, yeah, you want some whiskey, you know, nigga? The baby just sitting there crying and shit. Because play play you didn't even know how to get a bitch around. Like all right, bitch, uh, you here, kid? Like I'm gonna go dig out oil. Like he didn't even know how to do that shit. So I, I guess like you said, you know, he, he did what he do, like oil and. Keep this baby alive. Yeah, and and I think it did show, like they did show, like he did have like a soft side for for like family and kids and all that. Because you remember when they first get to the town and he takes over from the family, he he like buys that first religious family's land, and he finds out that the dad is beating the kids for not praying. Like he puts a stop to that. And like, like he, he checks the guy. He's like, he's like, yeah, there's not going to be any more beating the kids because they're not praying. Right. So I'm like, he's a solid dude, in my opinion. Like he he's just not a likable guy. And and he doesn't give a fuck that he's not likable. But I, I think like his morality is clear and how he goes about taking care of the people that's close to him. It's like, if you're on my side, I'll take care of you. If you're not on my side, it's fuck you. And I appreciate people like that because you never have to guess where you stand with him. It's like, you always know, like, because he's never going to hide it or try to do something shady. I mean, I could, well, I don't know if he's never going to try to do something shady. I don't know if, um, I, I think he's probably less likely to do anything shady just because, you know, like you said, he's probably more upfront with, what he's going to do and who he is. But, you know, I still think of that idea of like deception and using deception to try to, you know, get, get you a piece of paper. You know, I, I don't know if that's the most honorable, or if that's um, the most quote unquote moral thing to do. Um, and we do see, deceive. well, like, you know, you try to do the, the whole Jesus thing. It's like, you know, like, I, I don't know about that shit. Like, <laughs> and then, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how sincere he was. Like I said, in my opinion, I'm not quite sure how sincere he was about family. And it's like, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you bring your kids along and education, all that. Like, I don't know how sincere he was about that. Like, if you take his word for it, cool. But I don't know. I mean, you know, but hey. So the the other thing that the movie tries to talk about, which I don't think it does it as successfully because it it kind of... um, gets a little bit over the top in parts is like this idea of like religion and predestination and you know like what a false prophet is and all of that um and that's like the paul dano character where paul dano plays two he plays two people he plays these brothers paul and eli um but he mainly plays eli the whole movie and um which i'll say like like I, that was relatively confusing to me. I felt like it's like, yeah, I understand they're identical twins, but like, why not just be lazy and, and I mean, why not stop being lazy and actually get another guy to fucking play the other guy? Like, that shit kind of confused me at parts. But no, like, I, I think that adds to that, that adds to like their narrative of 
you know, you're not the chosen brother. This is the chosen brother. Because it's like they're playing on, you know, a lot of those stories in the Bible about yeah. like, you know, birthright and who has the right to, yeah. you know, their Cain father's land. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, so like, I, I think making them twins fits that narrative a little bit better, but it also kind of, it, it's like disorienting because like when it's 1911 and this guy and you meet somebody that looks exactly like the guy that you just met. It's like it's hard to tell what's going on. It's like, wait, is this guy bullshitting me? Is he this good of an actor <laughs> like, yeah. that that he could pretend to be somebody else just to get me to come up here? But um, what, what do you think the movie's trying to say about religion? Oh uh, well, I thought that was like the most interesting part, like just uh, showing like the kind of false aspect of it, and there was definitely a lot of propaganda where. You see, at the end, he just keeps making him repeat that, you know, God is a superstition. He just kept, he just kept going and drilling on that. But, you know, um, it, it's definitely uh, showing the hypocrisy of the church, so to speak. Uh, you see this guy trying to heal people saying, I can suck the arthritis out of your hands and all this type of stuff. So it's definitely like looking at uh, some of these pastors and some of the what did what part the church system plays in the overall system of how people are galvanized within the whole corporatized system of America, so to speak, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I think the main thing I took out of it was almost like keep your religion to yourself. <laughs> like, like nobody, like I, I think like the Eli character is like so, convicted in whatever he claims to believe and he's trying to force that shit on everybody else like and like this whole idea that you know there's one way to believe it like everybody else has to get down with your program or they're wrong sort of shit like I, I think it like that's probably the goal that they're trying to hit with uh with some of those scenes even though like, I think, like, there's, like, some really memorable and comical moments yeah. in those scenes, like, from them being so over the top. But I don't know if the point that they're trying to make about religion is so, is so clear. Um, yeah, I agree with it's that. Like, like, it's half metaphorical, and then it's half, like, no, like, I'm going to make this guy yell, God is a superstition over yeah. and over again. Or, you know, the, the flip of that scene when he makes Plainville – plain view like plead the blood and all that like but yeah, i find difference. both of those scenes i find both of those scenes like really funny you know what i do find funny too it's always hilarious when uh you see white guys talk about who's going to be saved or not and it's like well mr white man there's a guy on tenth and market who told me otherwise about who uh, you are and who are... <laughs> no, i'm just kidding white people you guys are perfect you guys are the original but um you know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, like the, it, it does almost seem like the director's kind of uh, or the, the writer's kind of putting like his own ideas in regards to how he feels about religion. Because uh, you kind of you can just you can just see like the phoniness of this Eli guy. And it kind of almost makes you wonder with guys like that. It's like, do they actually believe? Or is this something that he's using for profit? Because you even see at the end, he's like, yeah, you know, my morality has gone off the deep end and I've lost a bunch of money in the stock market. So, like, I need help. So. 
Well, th- that's one of the funniest lines in the movie to me when he he's like the day he's like the Lord has failed to alert me to like the latest trouble right. in the economy. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's like you 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 know you see that like we talked about the bro- was who was it Carlton Thunderbird last year uh, Robert Carlton Thunderbird where right. he was calling his congregation broke busted and disgusted and then you had the other um the Bentley Bishop that 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 you know they robbed him in front of the congregation and shit like that so like you know I, I think I think like showing like that early early 1900s like prosperity gospel shit was just was just kind of comical to me but it also shows it's like these guys like religion is like a convenient thing for them or like belief or whatever it's like it's only good when shit is going their way but you saw as soon as shit was going wasn't going his way he just started blaming everything on god or like what he believes god to be he's like yeah like god failed to tell me that you know the paper is going to be fucked up, so now I'm going to try to <laughs> hit this lick right quick, and I'm like, no, nah, nigga, like, that's... Yeah. I can't step on the categories, but, like, that's not how the game is played. Like, you can't do that. Like, no, not not at all. But, you know, in fairness to him, what else was he supposed to do? Like, he didn't have no skill. Like, I guess maybe that was the type of nigga that AI is going to replace and shit. Yeah, they're going to... Like, those, <laughs> those are exactly the people it's going to replace. Like, unskilled people just trying to... <laughs> Uh, swindle people out of their money, like where Plainview is at least he's he's bringing value to society, like he's contributing to GDP. Like you know, we were talking about this shit the other day. Like all them jobs that don't contribute to GDP are gonna have to go because <laughs> it's gonna be slim pickings. Like you know, computers are gonna be doing half the job, or you're gonna have to actually be a skilled laborer. You you definitely have to respect the hard work of Plainview and how he's being able to uh, you know build himself up you know, in, in the trenches and, and to be able to, you know, build his own business. So, yeah, Plainview was definitely doing real work out there. So um, the, the last <laughs> thing that, you know, they, they try to talk about a lot is like this idea of greed and ambition and how much you're supposed to want. And you said that this guy, Plainview, is like a combination of all these like protagonist slash antagonist that we've been talking to talking about up to this point in these last couple movies um where like where does he rank for you like and like just just like ambitious i, I need all the money guy like in, in movie history because like to me he's like he's top five like in, yeah. in that group yeah he's it's definitely a 10 out of 10 like because and that's the thing i respect about him like is he like the most effective? Because you look at people like Scarface, even um, you know, what's my man in uh Godfather to a degree? It's like he didn't have those same pitfalls. It's like he had a goal in mind and he was able to minimize distractions to the point where there's not even like a bitch around at no point. Like he's not at the whorehouse, nothing. Like ain't no concubines like creeping in, talking about oh, plain view. I forgot my <laughs> We got my 1920s birth control or like this none of that is like he's so focused on the goal and the task at hand he's able to execute at a very high level so from a planning standpoint and an execution standpoint like he's probably the best ceo in, in cinema history really yeah yeah because it's like everybody else you see they all get taken down by the feds at some point or, for being too some, greedy or even or like or the sloppy. um 
Yeah, even a 99 Holmes nigga, he's like, he's like, yo, he he put the wrong person in charge to do the job. And it's like, we don't see that with Plainview. Like, Plainview, he just get the shit done. Like, yeah, because I, I, I think. I think he's clear from the beginning, like, and he never strays from his objective. Like, yeah. when he has that scene, that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie where he's telling his brother, he's like, yo, well, his fake brother, he's like, I got a competition in me. Like, you know, I don't want to see anybody else succeed. Right. And I, I think, you know, it's an interesting thing. Like, when you really want to accomplish stuff at a high level, you kind of do have to have that mentality a little bit, like that fuck everybody else mentality that tunnel vision mentality like you know with some of the things that i want to accomplish like i i agree with this guy completely i'm like you can't really have no distractions or or like you know these detours into oh yeah well i want to do this because it's fun that's because it's fun he's like he's not worried about fun he's like yo i gotta get this job done so i can get away from you diggers like like um i, I feel like he's on the same type time as dom kennedy what would dom say like I want to get money so I can get me a boat and get away from niggas that's dirty and broke. Like, you know, they're, they're like spiritual kinsmen. They're, they're all right. the same guy. I, I guess so. Shout out to Dom Kennedy. But, uh, like, at the end of the day, when is enough enough, though? Like, because I do think that there's something to life where, you know, you have these interpersonal relationships and, you know, there's just more than just getting the bag, so to speak. So, I mean, do you really want to be that guy? Like, he's in his bowling alley, just lonely as shit. Nobody around. His son doesn't son doesn't like him. Like, you don't have anything but fucking Jeeves there. Like, hey, Jeeves, I killed this guy. Clean this nigga the fuck up. Like, <laughs> that's it. Like, is that really how you want to, you know what I mean, go out like that? It's like, I don't know. Like, I think there is a point where you might have to take a break and try to build some actual legitimate relationship. I don't think this guy knows how to do that. Like, <laughs> That's good. This like, guy like, does it. Like, and, it's and, a, and it's like, what is a legitimate relationship? Because like, when you say that, yeah. I don't think that would make him happy. Like, do you think if you gave this guy a bitch, he would be happy? Like, he's not gonna be happy. Like, you you can bring over whoever the top tier woman uh, is of that day. Of he's not gonna be happy with that lady. Yeah, because you know, back then they they didn't dress how they were dressing today. Like. Like at the end of the day, you saw a little bit of ankle. You was excited and shit. Like <laughs> she walking around with like full clothing on. So I, I don't know. Are some people just like that? Is this realistic? Is this guy a cartoonish villain, so to speak? Like what? What is it with this guy? Like analyzing his character. Like what do you think about him? I think he's a good man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like. like like to be out, like I can't, like I always like these type of characters in movies, like because I, I'm not as extreme as him or anything, but like I relate to a lot of shit that he's saying about like having ambition, like like not really caring about like what people think about you and just wanting to get done what you get done, whether or not people appreciate it, and like that whole that whole idea where you know I struggle with this sometimes, like where you're. You, you almost want to prove other people wrong. Like, people want to, like, cut you short. and Like, when the guy comes to try to buy his land from him, say, all right, yeah, you did a good job, but let me take it from here. Like, I can't stand that shit. Like, when, like, like you said that before where somebody's asking, what's your five-year plan? Like, it's like, yeah. all right, you found the oil. 
uh, but you don't know how to get that shit, like, you know, to the ocean. He's like, so let us give you a million dollars and then you can go take care of your son. Like, whoa, fam, who the fuck are you talking to? Like, I'm Daniel Plainview. Like, you don't know who I am? Like, he's like, I'm going to show you who I am. So, like, I feel like that too sometimes. It's like, you know, I I, I had some goofy from uh from social media called me broke last year. I'm like, who is this nigga to call like yeah. call me broke? Like, yeah, say his name. Like, you you know. say it too, what's the Tupac doing? It's like say his name. It's like and it gets all hot. It's like say say, say his name. <laughs> say his name. <laughs> well, no, we we don't come on the podcast to do that. But um, <laughs> but but I'm just saying it's like, it's like it, it'd be like shit like that. It's like no, nah, bro, like. Like n- nobody's gonna call me broke. Like nobody's gonna tell me I'm not gonna get my oil line off. He's like, I'm gonna get this shit off. So now yeah, I-, I fuck with Daniel playing with you. He's a solid yeah. dude, in my opinion. Yeah, deep, deep dash style. Is like, wait, ain't, ain't no oil baron tell me I'm about to get not go get my money. Ain't no oil baron. Yeah. But but you know you 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 always be like on your moral high horse. Like yeah. I feel like when we talk about these type of movies, you be like, yeah, this guy is not moral. He should try to get money off of his talent or something. No, so, I, I'm not saying. I mean, that's not that's not my job to tell another man like how he should operate or what his morality should be. I just think the nigga fucking miserable. I'm just saying, like for me, I don't think I would want to be the nigga in a bowling alley next to a dead guy talking about geez, complete this nigga to fuck up. Like th- just for me, like I would want more substance and more like context to my life, like something else. Like it just can't be oil, oil, oil. Like at some point, like there has to be something. Like just for me, but. I mean, like, he a cool guy, I guess. Like, he getting his money, he got his oil, whatever. Like, like for me, like, I, I'll probably have different protocols just for me personally. But, you know, like, he's definitely an interesting character from a movie standpoint. So, before we get into the categories, um, I wanted to talk about Paul Thomas Anderson a little bit. Um, I'm going to just rattle off a couple movie names and see if you've seen any of these. Uh, have you seen Boogie Nights? Boogie Nights. It sounds familiar. I don't think I've seen it though. That's probably his most famous movie with um. Is that Wahlberg? Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah. I, like he he plays like the little the little porn guy Dirk Diggler. Oh yeah, back when he's Marky Mark. Yeah, yeah, Marky Mark. <laughs> um, and then he did like these other movies. I I haven't seen them. Like the only ones that I've seen, I've seen Boogie Nights, There Will Be Blood, The Master, and Phantom Thread. Like I think. Like, There Will Be Blood, The Master, and Phantom Thread are all classics in their own right. Um, I don't think Boogie Nights is very good. I think it's actually a really weird movie that I don't even know what they're trying to do in in, in that one. Um, But, like, his movies, I think he he always, like, tries to say, like, these big ideas about, um, you know, like, loneliness and, like, achievement and, like, manhood and, like, what it really takes to be great at something um and you know the other movie that he did with daniel day lewis was phantom thread i didn't ask you to watch that one because i i know you wouldn't get into that one but like because it's kind of about like a similar character like like that movie he plays a fashion designer who's like so tunnel vision on his on his shit but he does have a bitch in that movie so you you i don't know you might find it a little bit more entertaining but it's also a dark comedy these guys, these directors that try to like writer directors that try to say like these big statements about about life and about America and all that. Um, what do you think about those type of movies? Because I I think he his movies are often like really ambitious, but they isolate a big part of uh, the audience. Like you said, you know, 
this is $75 million or $25 million budget. Like, he's he's not making those $500 million box office movies. Yeah, like, and that's the funny part, because these guys always try to trash the movies that I like. You know, like a movie like Animal or National Security or something like that. It's like, oh, you know, this movie, it's childish and all that. But you'll see all these critics, they'll fucking, they get all their pennies in a bunch about this type of shit. But, you know... Um, I think that's always uh interesting, like trying to hear somebody's perspective about certain things. I I feel like overall, most of these guys, you know, it's they're probably going to hit the miss the mark anyway because there's probably going to be a certain level of uh, bias and, and propaganda and bullshit. So, you know, uh, I I guess they can make it entertaining, but overall, the subtext is I, I think it's always going to be bullshit. Because like the critics said. Like I was reading what some of the critics said about this movie, and like Roger Ebert at one point said that like this is a movie. Well, well, let me read what he said because I actually thought it was pretty accurate after I watched it again last night. There's a lot of comparison between this movie and No Country for Old Men because they were both like filmed in the same part of Texas at the same time, came out around the same time, and No Country for Old Men won the Best Picture, and this one didn't. And um, this is what Roger Ebert said. He's like, I'm not sure of the greatness of There Will Be Blood um, and that it's filmed in the same area as No Country for Old Men and that There Will Be Blood is a great film and No Country for Old Men is a perfect one. Um, and he said that like the the flaws with There Will Be Blood were it's unbending characters, it's lack of women and or any direction, any reflection of ordinary society and that um, it said that its reach exceeded its grasp. And I was, I was like, I feel like Steve wrote that. <laughs> Why is that? It's lack of women. Like, I wouldn't put no shit like that in the review. Like, But I, that's all the shit that you said. Like, yeah, like, yeah. No, it's no, it, like you, you wouldn't put it in those words. You know, <laughs> like, you don't have no hoes. <laughs> yeah, like, well, it's just confusing to me. I'm like, at no point did you say, yo, like. Let me try and make another one of these HW niggas in case this motherfucker like slot off and he try to become the ops. Like he was so calculated in that, but it's like, like, like he didn't think of that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, like I, I don't think he was even interested in having an air though. Like, because yeah. you know, those guys that want to air, they're like, yeah, it's gonna like my link my name's gonna live on for a thousand years or some shit. I don't think this guy cared about any of that. He just oh, wanted got, his money. You got you gotta let your name ring out. See, my name gonna ring bell. Like you gotta like what really is the point unless you're gonna try to make your own plain view dynasty? Like you, you gotta have a dynasty. That should go right back to the state of Texas or wherever the fuck he was at. Yeah, but when you're dead, you're not you, you don't give a fuck. I, I don't give a fuck. I'll be mad. I'm like, yo, I did all that work just to get that shit back to the state. Like, what I do it for? He got his mansion. That's what he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> he, he got his mansion, like you say. He got Jeeves in there. Yeah. So I like how Jeeves just comes in and he's like, he like after he kills the guy, he has no reaction to it. He's just like, oh shit, another Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, what is going on in that fucking house? So like, Jeeves go clean this nigga up. <laughs> like, just kill another. Just wake up. He just he is drunk as shit. The boss. Yeah, drunk as shit. He's drunk the whole movie. Hey, oh, geez, we'll clean this thing and fuck up. We're finished. So I'm finished. That's like, I'm finished. <laughs> was that the plan? Like, to have this thing come in and kill him? Like, he said, I'm finished. 
Yeah, yeah, he he was done. I, well, know, he told good. him earlier in the movie, he's like, I'm going to put you under the ground. So, you know, he kept, like, he kept his word. Yo, man, he can't, like he is the most goal orientated, and he, he's so great at accomplishing all his goals. Like if he say he gonna do something, that shit is done. Like we'll put you in the grill. That's like one of my favorite parts. That he just like slapping the shit out of him. It's like, yeah, where's my buddy? He just started slapping him around, embarrassing him, throwing him around in dirt. It's like, yeah, it's like whoop his ass, get in his ass. All right, so let's get in the categories. Well, you don't really have. Uh, any experience watching Paul Thomas Anderson movies, so you can't really do shooting percentage for him. I'm gonna say he's at 75 percent because I've seen four of his like nine movies, and I think three of them are good. But um, yeah, like so, I, I think like for him, I, I think he shoots pretty high. But some of his movies, I just I'm not clicking on. Like you know, I, I'm not watching Licorice Pizza. I don't care how good the reviews are. Um, what is Daniel that about? Big Lewis? It's it's like some coming of age shit. Like it's you know it's not worth watching. Um, Daniel Day Lewis is one of those people. He's like regarded as one of the best actors of all time. But I was looking at his filmography last night, and I realized I've only seen three of his movies. Like I've I've only seen um, Gangs of New York, this one, and Phantom Thread. Uh, and I think he's great in all three of those movies. Like I think like this movie and Phantom Thread, that's like some of the best acting I've ever seen. Um, but you have do you have any experience seeing any of his other movies? No, um, I, I don't know who this guy is, but I think that's the problem with these like actor people. It's like like you said that the the stuff that would make for good quote unquote art, so to speak, is not the most entertaining. So, you know, sometimes I just want to watch somebody get stabbed up or watch a goofball do some backflips or something. So, you know, I, I think you kind of saw that in the Birdman joint. It's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this art house play or whatever. And it's like, who really cares, man? Just make some entertainment shit. Like I thought we were doing this for entertainment. Like, you know, we talked about like I think the second half of this movie is really entertaining. It just takes a long time to get started. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you got to sit through a lot of fucking oil, like whatever that thing is going up and down out of the ground. Like you got to sit through a lot of that. <laughs> that's like when these like, that's like when these like comics, comics tell you, yo, yeah, go study Patton Oswalt. And it's like, you know, no disrespect to Patton Oswalt, but I like to laugh. Like all of that, putting the words together and all that, like that's, that's cool. But like, I, I just want to laugh for an hour. I like Pat Oswalt. He, he he always shows up and gets the job done. Like he was, he had a classic character. He was Spence on King of, King of Queens. I love Spence. Like, I'm just talking about stand up wise. Like, it's not one of his stand ups. He's he's not bad. Yeah, I he's mean, good enough. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's like it's a phenomenal writer. But you know, he doesn't necessarily make me laugh. It's no disrespect, Pat Oswalt, but you know, I, I just want to laugh for hours sometimes. It just strings for Pat Oswald. All right, <laughs> where do you? How do you rank this this performance? Because th this is like an Oscar winning performance for Daniel Day Lewis. You know, do you do you think this is like one of the best, like some of the best acting that you've seen in a movie? Like, Definitely. does he? Would you put him on that category? Which are like your Denzels and your De Niro's and all those yeah, I mean, guys? I think everybody did a great job. Um, but um, yeah, uh, I I don't know. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know if he stood out though. Like, if we're looking at all the the actors in this movie, I, I I feel like all the performances are really really good. So I don't I don't know if I'm gonna like 
I don't know if I could specifically single that out and say that, that was the most outstanding performance in the movie. You know what I mean? I think he's like, you know, because he's a method actor, and you can just yeah. see his commitment. Yeah, like, genius. Like in, <clears throat> like in the in the last scene, like I watched it twice last night. That last <laughs> scene in the bowling alley where he's like he's like twisting his head to the side, he's like <laughs> drooling out of his mouth, like he's so into like what he's doing, and like the way he's like eating the the leftover steak and shit. <laughs> Cause like you know what movies like they gotta they might film that shit like twenty times so he's gotta like sit there and eat a steak every single time and it's like with him in the movies that I've seen him in you never look at him and say all right he's acting right there like right. I always I always believe he's whoever he's pretending to be that's like uh, Will Smith when he's making African act tell the truth it's like okay yeah he's he's acting right there like, yeah that, that, is... that's very effortful like right like this is like full like he's in like full commitment of this guy who's completely lost it like he's gone but i i, I don't know like like i said man i, I really enjoyed the um <clears throat> the what's my man named paul dano I, I thought that he was just as good too i thought you know his performance was was phenomenal as well i don't know if it's the writing of his performance or if i just think his <laughs> acting is just a little bit too over the top is it too over the top you think like, I, I like what he like, did. Get though. out of here, ghost, and all yeah. that shit. I'm like, it's it's a bit much. Yeah, I mean, but like that's I, I feel like that last scene, I feel like they were damn near perfect dancing partners, though. Like that that last scene was just really good, in my opinion. Like I I enjoyed that last scene from the commitment that both of those guys uh took in order to, to make that successful. So well, uh, what would you say is the best scene in the movie? Um I, I think honestly, I think the best scene, like I said, the, the turning point of it, uh, was uh HW uh when the oil rig blows up and all of that, and I think that was a um, a great scene uh just because, like I said, that was like the crosswords or the the turning point for that that Daniel Plainview character where you kind of see like that shift, you know, not only was it shot well, and you know you got to see like the um denigration of uh the physical denigration of hw but you kind of also kind of got to see the, the 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 mental integration of where it's like oh you know what happened like you know you kind of see how he felt and all of that so like, i i thought that was like the the best scene for me yeah i think the oil rig scene it's like every time every time you watch it it's like the way they just build the tension of yeah when like that rope starts shaking and then the oil just starts shooting up the ground like I think like where the movie succeeds almost the best is like when it's showing like the technical aspects of of the oil drilling and like it really gives you a sense of how dangerous that job is like you know the like how that the fountain of oil turns into a fountain of fire and and it's like they got to do all of this stuff to try to put the fire out and get away from it and stay safe and you know, like multiple people die in the course of trying to build these wells, like of shit just falling down the well, hitting people in the head and shit like that. So I, I think like that scene, it, it's obviously, I think it's the most entertaining scene in the movie because it's like the only action scene in the movie, but it shows like, you know, what these, like these, these are hard men. Like, like yeah. these are, these are much harder men than the guys that you have nowadays that be complaining about, I need my break and what's your shit niggas be like, I'm gonna put in a grievance. Like yeah. you, you're not putting in no grievance on Daniel Plainview's oil, like oil uh, rig. 
that's the crazy part because you think about like how much work has evolved where it's like some guy's miserable because he has to sit in a cubicle all day it's like well imagine like digging up you know dirt and mud and all of that <laughs> like it, it's just a completely different worldview like you're in an air-conditioned cubicle and you're miserable <laughs> it's like imagine doing that stuff <laughs> so um what, what did you guys have as the best line of the movie um well also man, let's is... let's say a, a couple of nominees because I, I i had yeah, i had man. a couple i had a couple of nominees for for the best line in the movie um like i, I said it before like when yeah. eli says that god failed to inform him to the troubles of the economy like yeah. i just think that's that's hilarious um when daniel says to him you're the afterbirth that that uh slipped out all your mother's filth I'm like that's just like a high level insult, like yeah. to like you know telling the guy how stupid he is like that. I think that's like a really vivid way to put it. Yeah. But to me, like the line that always stuck with me from this movie is like when he says, "I have a competition in me, and I want to see no one else succeed." Because I'm like that's like that you know Mamba mentality, Jordan, yeah. like Jordan level of of passion. Yeah, I, I think as a comedy fan, uh, my favorite line was definitely. Uh, when he's like cussing out his son, uh, tell him he's a, a bastard in a basket. That's just pure comedy right there. And he just kept saying it, trying to sell that line. Like he just, he's just going into a different mental state at that point. So it, that was just hilarious to me. Like I laughed the way he said it, like some unintentional comedy, especially with the passion that he said it. He said, You're a bastard in a basket. Like, <laughs> just like, geez, I'm finished. Like, like of all the things that are supposed to be funny in the movie, I don't think that's one of <laughs> See, Jeeves, I'm finished. Get him out of here. You gotta get, get to my favorite part of the podcast, animal behavior, because there's a lot of animal behavior yeah. in this movie. Wild like a zoo. Just a fucking animal. Bark like a dog. Come on. We ain't nothing but mammals. What kind of animal smokes marijuana at his own confirmation? Bring out the animal. So what, what did you have for animal behavior? Um, I, I would probably say killing his fake brother. Like, you know, you can't just kill people. Like, I, I think there's a certain protocol. <laughs> there's certain protocols that happen when certain things happen. So I don't know. I mean, who am I to sit back and say that punishment didn't fit the crime? But, uh, you know, I think there's a reason why you can't just go around murdering people. I think there's a certain uh, way to handle certain things. So this and you can kind of see like this guy playing view. He lets his animal nature kind of take over like multiple times throughout this movie. So uh, but I, I thought that was kind of like I, I, I'm kind of torn between that and the end of the movie, too, because th that, that was just insane. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm going to let you go ahead. Like what, what you what you think? Well, I was trying to decide because I was like, I think Henry is the most animal character. Like to just show up and say, <laughs> I saw your oil strike in the newspaper and I'm your brother. And yeah. like you yeah. really tried to play this guy like he was an idiot. Like I'm like, what, what is wrong with you? And like, you know, like he's at the bar, like <laughs> laughing with the whores, and he's like, Can yeah. I have some money, please? <laughs> like, this guy just showed he was clearly there just to hit a lick, right? Like, it, it's it, it's it's like so transparent, and 
Like that's why I'm on Daniel's side in that situation because like he's a nice guy. Like he took this guy in, made him family, and all this guy wanted to do was hit a lick off of him. So like I think that's the most animal part of the movie. Like the bar scene or like the scene where he's at the restaurant. That's like a close second for me because I love that scene. Like he he's just like he doesn't give a fuck. Like he goes over to these guys' table. He's drinking their whiskey. You know, like, I always like a good drunk scene, like where you go over, you drink somebody else's drink, and then you tell them about themselves. It's like yeah. you don't tell me about my son. He's like, you see, my son's right there, like and shit like that, and like you know, you tell them the guy, I'm gonna cut your throat and shit yeah. like that. So, um, but I, I think you definitely gotta go with Henry. Henry is just that, that's just too too animal to to uh, ignore. That that definitely was hilarious. He's just sitting there, like I didn't know if he was crying or laughing. But he just has so he's so emotional about like getting to the point of uh, having sex with this hooker. Like he's so it's like he's so overcome with emotion. That that was another great performance. Like to be that I've never seen a guy that emotional about like some hooker sex. Like that. I'm like, is he crying or laughing? Have some like, what is yeah, like, I was like, what is that? There's nothing like just asking to do like he's a like he's his 12 year old son. Can I have some money, please? Like, what's going on here? That was definitely animal behavior. Yeah, that that was that that was a lot. Um, you, you still can't just kill him though. I don't know, like I don't know if you can just kill that guy. It was nineteen eleven. Like you can get, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Like, Clearly, you can you can kill guys. There, you can there, bury there's them. no DNA, <laughs> dude. You can kill guys in the middle of your bowling alley and tell your butler to clean them up. Like <laughs> I guess there was no FBI back then, so like. There's no, uh, what's the cross? He was a rich white man. Like, the laws did not apply. (laughs) Just bury him right underneath your bowling alley. Like, say, don't don't go over there. It's a death spot right there. If you don't kill Henry, what do you do with him? I don't know what you do with Henry. I mean, he definitely has to pay some sort of consequence. I don't think you just kill him, though. But I don't know. Under Hammurabi's code, like, you you gotta do something. You gotta do something to that guy. Like, like, I don't think whooping his ass is enough. Because, like, he, he, he's not going to learn his lesson. He's just going to go try and do that shit to somebody else. Yeah, like, was, you was almost the, have to stop a guy from doing that to anybody else. Like, he, he's really just a piece of shit. Like, he's not really going to provide any value anywhere he goes. So, you're not hurting anybody by getting yeah. rid of that guy. So, that's divine justice. I'm not justice advocating right murder, but, but like, that, that guy kind of does have to go. So, you're saying that's divine justice right there. Like, he had to go. I won't go. I won't go as far as <laughs> justice, but I think Daniel was satisfied with killing him. He, right, like, you know, he 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 killed him and then had more whiskey, and he felt all right about it. So, did Daniel make any false moves in this movie? Because it seems like you're just saying like everything he did was just a ten out of ten. Like, just no, like he's just perfection to you. Like, did he make any false moves? <laughs> like, I think when you watch this movie, and if you start judging the Daniel character or you try to like put your morality on him. You try to humanize him. It takes, yeah, you try to humanize him too much. It takes the enjoyment out of the movie. Like, I just like watching this guy, like, like, I just like watching him be who he is. Like, like the not give a fuck guy. Like he he gives zero fucks. He pulls no punches. Like, and he wears his emotions and everything on his sleeves. Like I don't think it's the best way to conduct yourself as a human being, but you respect it. Yeah, 
I think I'm leaning towards like the end of the movie as animal behavior because he didn't even have to kill him though. Like he 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 wasn't satisfied with just hitting him in the head and have concussing him. He hit him like 50 times until like all the strawberry juice was out of his brain and all that. I'm just like, hey, like, you don't have to kill it. Damn, granddad, you ain't have to kill him. <laughs> See, go well, granddad, that was an accident. Like, granddad didn't mean to kill Stink Meaner. He meant to kill this guy. And and it's like, yo, you trying to play me? Like, he was like, yo, you talking to me like I'm a bitch. Like, I don't even like that shit. You coming back talking about, yo, Mr. Bandy died. <laughs> And I'm giving you the opportunity of a lifetime to right. drill this land. Like you talking to him like he's like, I can't stand that shit either. Like when people talk to you like like you're dumb. So no, like he, he needs to whoop his ass. And like after he hit him the first time, he's like, fuck it. Like, right. why not finish? Like the, cause uh, that guy was done anyway. Like, I, I guess this is the that's the get in the box moment. Cause that's my get in yeah. the box moment. Like, that was literally. It's like, look, bro, you're at the end of your rope. You you can't like when you're coming to me, like a guy that you know hates you. Right. You're trying to hit a lick off me. You're at the end of your rope. And the fact that he made the guy become an apostate before he killed him. Yeah. It's like, look, I'm gonna make you renounce. <laughs> I'm gonna make you renounce your shit. Cause I know you're full of shit. That was like, I know you're full of shit this whole time. And then he killed him because he's like, bro, like. It was almost a mercy to kill that guy because, like, that guy was going to be miserable for the rest of his life. Yeah. Like, he wasn't about to go accomplish shit, so might as well kill him. This is a mod plane view right here. Like, he's justified everything that this man has done. It's like... Shut the fuck up and get in the box, nigga! Yeah, and I think the get in the box... Uh, yeah, everything that he did, like... I can't really justify nothing that that Eli character did. I think everything he did, he kind of got to get in the box, like his whole thing, like whatever he was trying to accomplish, he got to get in the box for real. Like he he was dumb. Like he was dumb yeah. the whole movie. Like it, and it, and he tried to blame it on his father being dumb. It's like no, you're just as dumb as your father. Right. Like like you're a religious zealot. You're a charlatan, and like and like all of this other shit. And you think that you're above people. Cause like you're hiding behind the pulpit or whatever. I'm like, nah. Like I, I don't like guys like that. So I like I, I was glad that he he got his uh his his uh comeuppance. It's like yeah, fuck out of here, guy. But you have to kill him. But you know that 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 bloodline is just there's just certain bloodlines in life where you just say yeah, there's no redeeming qualities about these guys here. Yeah, what you say? Like stop making that guy. <laughs> That's that Bill Burr. I didn't make that up. He <laughs> said. Said the guy is like, so what type, what kind of bread is this? Like, stop making that guy. Shout the bill, bro. So the uh the not how the game is played moment. What, what what's that for you? I think you just said it. Like when he come when he comes up and he tries to sell uh Bandy's ranch. Why well, I, I don't think it's like the, do they have relation him and Bandy? Well, he he was. I, I think he was trying to be slick again because he said. Yeah. You know the the old man Bandy died. The young man is uh, going to Hollywood to be an actor, so he's just trying to sell the ranch. And he's like, "Well, let me sell it to Plainview because he's the only one that thinks it has value." But like when he explains to him like the whole idea of like drainage, he's like, "I owed everything around it, so I got all the oil underneath yeah, it." You dickhead! It's yeah. like you you don't even like like I'm a millionaire. I'm a multi billionaire at this oil shit, and you think you're gonna come tell me? 
Oh, that's not how the game is played. You can't do that. Fuck, believe this shit. <laughs> yeah, that's just like no. That's that's definitely not how the game is played. But mine, you know, we already debated it at the top. HW, that's not how the game is played. HW, you like you don't come in here and um you know get married behind your dad's back fucking start up your own company behind your dad's back and then be like i love you and i still want you to be my dad i'm like that's not how the game is played it's never been played like that it's never gonna be played like that like you know um no like you, you, you just you just don't do that I think he was just sick of HW or uh, what's my man Daniel? Like I think he was sick of his shit. Like it's like yo, I gotta get away from this dude. So I think it, it maybe if he felt like that, <clears throat> like if there was a some sort of different kinship where like maybe his father wouldn't have blessed that uh, wedding, so to speak. So you know, I, I definitely think there's there's a lot to be desired between you know those two characters in regards to. Uh, HW's motivations uh for doing what he did. So um, you know, I'm 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 not gonna uh come down that hard on the young man. I I think I think he's probably justified in some way, shape, or form, even though it was a show on camera. <laughs> like, like because that's that's one thing that I will say is kind of a flaw in the movie where it is it's kind of like so obsessed with showing Daniel achieving what he wants to achieve. It doesn't really take the time to like draw out any of the other characters, like their motivations or like what makes them tick. Cause it's like HW's there, he gets sent away, and then all of a sudden he's an adult. Like right. it doesn't it, really show like, you know, like what happened in those 10 years between it, when he when he came back from the death school to him marrying uh his wife. Like what happened in between there? Like it, I think they could have allocated more time in the movie to that as opposed to showing the minutia of oil drilling. Like, that probably would have made it a better movie. Because the, the pacing of the movie is ridiculous. And, you know, like you said, there's probably certain things that could have been cut out and to add in, you know, but we don't want to make a director's cut of this movie anyway. So <laughs> you best around make a three or four hour movie trying to explain all that type of stuff. So, you know, it, it, I mean, it is what it is. So, um... What's what's the Steve cut? How is Steve fixing this one? Because we know you need some more moral characters and you need a little bit more slapstick humor. So how how you fixing this one up? <laughs> uh, like I think you just explained it. Like you know, I, I would have liked to have just more substance. Well, for one, like I, I think you got to give Daniel concubine or something. Like I mean, this dude miserable. Like at least like what like let's explore what would happen if you give him a concubine. Like could, could he find some happiness in this concubine? But I think I would have liked to see like just more um, backstory on HW. It's like they kind of treat the uh, ancillary characters as like um, we kind of saw this with Creed three, where it was so much focus on um, uh, the the evil villain. I can't remember his name. His name Jonathan Major's character, uh, Damien. It was so much focus on his goals and his ambition. It's like the all the other characters are kind of like uh, they're just so like not part of the story <laughs> like it's like you, you know yeah, they they're don't not get... fully drawn out yeah. exactly so it's like i, I think i would have liked to have just more like because hw is so much a part of um you know the plan and, and 
what they were creating and just being the almost the face and the brand of like I'm a family guy. I'm with my son and my wife died. So like this is how I create my culture and my honor. Like I would have liked for them to flesh him out a little bit more and to kind of like you said, get his motivations and you know who is he as a character. You know, now that I think about it, now that you're saying that, I think, you know, because he didn't, Daniel didn't know how to relate to HW after HW was deaf. Right. Like, if if you want to say anything, I think maybe that's his biggest flaw. Like, he never decided, he never tried to learn sign language. He never tried to, you know, like, he, he didn't have that same affection for him that he did like before he turned deaf because you know in the beginning he's teaching them he's like look like this is how you pull the oil out the ground and he's like look we're gonna build our pipeline do you understand why he and like it's clear that his son understands him and like why they're yeah, making smart. the business moves that they're making right but <laughs> once he becomes deaf he just has no idea how to relate to him anymore and i think like that like that's probably the problem like maybe he could have tried harder like, well, not maybe. He definitely could have tried harder. But at the same time, like, I'm not one that's big on, like, looking at your parents and saying, I wish they would have been this, that, and the third. I, I think but, that's, like, a fruitless exercise. I, but like, I don't think just... he's he not doing that, though. He's taking action. Like, he's saying, like, look, this is what I'm doing. Like, I'd still like to love you because I appreciate that you've done for me, but I can't be around you. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't see what he's doing. Like, you can say from a business standpoint – uh, in a personal standpoint, like it's bad, but he's a young guy. He wants to start his own family. He has, uh, you know, a relationship that he connects with and he's ready to go start his own uh, dynasty. So I, I can't really say that he's a terrible guy for wanting to do that. Like you got to get away from that guy if he if you can't connect with him on that level. So I'm, I'm on HW side. Yeah, but I don't even know. Like, I guess this is how like you put a button on it. What is the relationship you're supposed to have with your dad at a certain point? Like, I, I, I do think at certain like, point, like, you, like, 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 I think it's just such a weird relationship. Like, yeah. once you become a man yourself, like, you're you have because like you have this other man over here that's living his life, and he did what he could do while you were young, and then like now it's over. The, like, <clears throat> you see it all the time in boxing, right? Like, whether it's Floyd Mayweather, um. What's the brother's name with the uh with the braids that he just fought Terrence Crawford? Um, a, a lot of these Sean boxer, Porter. uh, Sean Porter, like you see it with the the boxer dad stuff. It's like you still see like the dad trying to like, you know, rule over the son. It's like yo, I'm my own man now. It's like at some point, it's like I, I just think human nature is like you, you know, you get these two guys, they're they're gonna bump heads at some point. It's like yo, I, I got to go get my own. I got to go have my own thing and be my own boss, like. I just think that that's just what happens. You see it all the time in the animal kingdom. It's like, it's like, yo, like the the lion, he go leave and he got he got his own pack now. So it it's just it's just something that happens in life. Yeah, but if you're if you raise your pack right next to mine, like we're, now we're competing <laughs> for the antelope. Like, right, right. <laughs> like, like I, see, like, I'm, but that's I'm more more at it. That's a better analogy than what you were saying before, like because you're getting into the the animalistic aspect of like why he was so upset. It's like like you said, it's like yo, this is my antelope over it. Like you can't you can't do that to me. Like I like this is my food already. Like I hunted it, I captured it, and now you're trying to take my food. So now you like what you just said. Like that provides more context and more understanding than whatever the shit you were saying before. 
Yeah, I feel like I said the same thing earlier. Like, <laughs> like I'll have to listen to another playback, but I think I was pretty clear. Like, you like, like I said, non-compete clause. Like, you can't right. do that shit. You can't come over here and try to set set your shit up. But I think at the same time, you know, once you get to a certain age as a male, anybody. Like you kind of stop looking at your parents like, oh yeah, like the love and affection and all of this type of shit. Like the motherfuckers are who they are at like once you become an adult, and you either appreciate them for who they are, or you get the fuck away from them. Like you don't. Yes, come HW did. And... No, but he like he tried to do it like on some slick shit. Like <laughs> like yo, I still want you to be my man's. Like no, nigga, you over there now. Fuck out of here. Like. Like I like I would have respected it more if he's like, yo, you don't respect me. I don't really respect you. I don't like you too much. So I'm gonna go do my own thing and like it's whatever. But don't don't half-ass it. Like I, like and I think that's the shit plain you don't like either. Like like that half-ass shit. Like yeah. like when when Henry's like who he's like, Henry, who are you? He's like, I'm your friend. It's like, nigga, you're not my friend. You lied to me. You told me you were my brother. So no, like I don't like that disingenuous shit. Like, like oh yeah, like you know you my dad, I love you, but I'm trying to drink your milkshake. Like that's that's what he said at the end of the movie. He's like, yo, like if I'm over here and I own all of this shit, you want to come over? He's like, I drink your milkshake. Like that's what business is. Yeah. Like no, um, fuck out of here, HW. If, if we've learned anything from Daniel, HW definitely better watch his back. Like. We know there's no, there's no, there's no, there will be blood too, but HW, like, you got something coming from, they were the type of nigga that sent a, a, a ballistic missile at you or some shit, like, you in Mexico, and she just, so. yeah, like, no, but, um, I don't know, I don't know if Mike wants to weigh in here, because he, he's the only parrot on the podcast, <laughs> like, I will give you, in 1911, it's hard. Like, he ain't never nobody to talk to him. Like he said, he did the best he could. So I really got to give it to him. I couldn't say if you did that shit today, I feel like you got to be able to communicate with the kid when he was hearing. But yeah. well, it's, so it's, what it was, 1911, Dan sounds like he did the best he could. Right. And I also not too mad at HW for getting the fuck away from him. That's what I'm saying. Like, you got to get away from that dude. Like, like what else is HW supposed to do? Because you almost you agree that he needed to get away from him. You just didn't like how he did it. Yeah, yeah. Because like it, it's not so much like what you do. I think it's how you do shit. Like, like I, I think like that's what really makes up morality. Because it's like you can look at people's actions in a vacuum and say that's not moral or that's wrong or whatever, but. Like when you look at the whole picture of what HW was doing, like I don't think that shit is honorable. Like you know, you went behind my back, you tried to be slick, and then you came in here and you still wanted to kiss the ring. It's like no, fuck out of here, dude. Like I don't play that shit. That's not how I do business. Like you know, go over there and think you're gonna be successful against me, but like you know, his, his dad's a killer. He's not a kill. Yeah. Like his dad's a a literal and figurative killer. He don't have that in him. It's plain view, bitch. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't like him going behind his back either. But like, like you said, like other dude is a killer. So it's like, how do you approach that when you you don't have that that killer instinct, so to speak? You know, I, I, like, cause I've never really been in no situation like that. So 
I think it's tough, like, when you just kind of observe and be like, oh, yeah, you know, this is how you do it, this is how you don't do it. You know, at the end of the day, the, object the objective is you got to get away from this dude. So, like, he did it how he knew within his morality to get away from this guy. And I think he still had love for him. Like, I, I think it's a, a conflicting, confusing thing to, you know, because, like, let's say if he goes up front with it, like, he may feel like, okay, this dude's going to crush me before I even can get anything started anyway. So, like, maybe that was just like, all right, well, let me get something started. And then, like, let me see if I can approach him and just explain myself in some type of way. And, you know, try you don't to... think that sounds pussy? Yeah, it's very, but I'm just saying, it like, very much so <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very, it's very pussy. But I'm just, I'm just letting you know, like, hey, like, at the end of the day, it, it, it's easy to look from the sideline and be like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't app right like that. But at the day we, when you in it, it's like, hey, you know, I, I've never been in the oil bearing with a with a killer. Like I don't know how I operate with like that. This is to be like, yeah, like, I will stay tall, but I, I think in these situations you're either Michael or you're Fredo. Right. And a lot of these guys, like you see it in these movies and TV shows, <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people Fredo themselves, but they think they're yeah. Michael. Like, like I think like one of the best examples of it in recent uh media is succession. It's like all the kids on that show are Fredo. Like they're all perpetually Fredo, like, but they all want to be their dad. And it's like none of them have the killer instinct to be their dad. So it's like just work for this motherfucker or work with him. Cause you're not him. Like you want to be something that you're not. And I think like that, like that's why people like characters like Daniel or people that are like that in real life don't get along with anybody because. Mm they're so true to who they are they can't do the bullshit like they can't do like the fake love like he's not gonna sit there and tell his son he loves him he's just gonna show him by right. like you know i i kept you around me didn't i like like you were a fucking orphan like he could have just left him there to starve in the desert like yeah. like he did the best he could do like you don't come over here and try and fill my shoes and you don't even know what size i wear like i don't like that shit yeah, I mean, you know it's interesting too because I think Kobe tried to like. It's almost like you look at the the character of Kobe Bryant. It, it's similar to that where it's like it, it said that he didn't have any friends. Like all he did was work out or whatever. So you know, like I guess it's like that. Like you said, that mama mentality. Like Kobe Plainview. Like that's what he was on. So <laughs> yeah. So um, you know that's that's there will be blood. I'm gonna go ahead and this like I was coming in at a four out of five on the box line, but I think I'm down to like a three and a half out of five because I was a little bit bored last oh, night. Oh, more than that, yeah. But I think I've seen this movie. I don't know five to ten times. I've seen it a lot, so I, I just think you know if you pick up where the oil um rig is blowing up. It, it's almost flawless but before that you know you can go to the bathroom a few times or you could be yeah. texted or it, it took shit. it took me at least four or five times to finish this movie so i was just like what the fuck am i looking at but i'm actually uh like you said and uh this is a rarity that we actually agree on this podcast but i'm gonna put some respect on this movie and i'm gonna agree with you I'm three and a half on the box line so you know, you you go take a couple of breaks. You go take a couple of uh, you know, let let a couple of bends go by. But you know, you gonna rap one time. So uh, shout out to this movie. But um, we'll be back next week for our all new episode. This has been the Last Men Pod, and thank you for listening. <laughs>